I am Jim Collison and live from our virtual studios around the world. This is Gallup's Called the Coach, recorded on June 23rd, 2020. Call the Coach is a resource for those who want to help others discover and use their strengths and talents in this case. We interview Gallup experts and independent strengths coaches that share tactics, insights, and strategies to help coaches maximize the talent of individuals, teams, and organizations around the world. If you're listening live, love to have you join us in our chat room. There's a link right above me in the video window there. I'll take you to the live page. It's above Todd, too, but technically, Todd, it's above me. You can sign into the YouTube chat room and join us there. We'd love to have you in there. If you have questions after the fact, you can always send us an email, coaching at gallup.com. Don't forget, if you're on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, best way to kind of stay up to date with everything that's going on. You can click the like button down there too. It's always nice to get that verification. And then if you want to listen to this as a podcast, you can find it. Maybe some of you stop listening to it on the podcast channel because we let it go for a year or two without adding new content. Resubscribe. Head out to any podcast player and just search Builder Talent Tuesday. Subscribe to it there. For this Builder Talent Tuesday episode, Todd Johnson is our host. Todd's Gallup's channel leader for entrepreneurship and job creation. Todd, it's always great to hang out with you on Tuesdays. Welcome back. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about all of them. They just keep getting better. No pressure bottle. They just keep getting better and better as we go. And uh, I've said this now since the guy ate the bat, but this science is so much more important now than ever. Um, you know, rebuilding our, our teams, our companies, our economies. God, there's a lot of energy around this. And uh, Jim, thanks for being such a uh, a steady key, uh, co-host and host. Um, it's great to get the BP10 Nation uh, together on this regular basis. A couple quick updates, and then we're going to go immediately to the good doctor. But um, uh, exciting news, we are moving the BP10 course uh, to a virtual uh, uh, platform. Uh, so as many of you know, you know, the Clifton Strengths and a number of the other you know, boss to coach, et cetera, went virtual fast and early. We are moving the BP10 virtual. The first offering will be in September. My goal would be that it's monthly uh, and literally will remove the friction of travel, uh, even though it's great and we love having folks on the riverfront or in DC or wherever we are. But uh, virtual BP10 is coming to a theater near us. Uh, I wanted to have the exact dates for this call and they're still kind of juggling things, but it is in September. And we're super excited. We're going to also have a chance to refresh some of the materials and uh, and get that kicked off. Um, a lot of coaches, I'm not going to go into any detail here because I could probably take up all Sangeeta's time, but there are some really cool uh, programs, initiatives, projects that are um, uh, developing, quite honestly, in, in response to the economic challenges that we're facing. Every single state you know, got billions, if not multiple billions of dollars from the federal government in the United States. I'm trying not to be ethnocentric, but I know there's probably federal funding across the globe to help restart and rebuild companies. Entrepreneurship's a big piece of that. I've heard some really cool projects where they're, they're laying the BB-10 across an ecosystem, uh, in many cases across fragile communities. There's obviously a heavy focus as there should be on, on minority-owned businesses and entrepreneurship. And there's some really exciting coaches and projects developing underneath the uh, umbrella of some federal funding. So uh, if anybody wants to go offline and talk about designs, I can't really help with proposals or PowerPoints or those things, but love strategizing around how we can utilize some of the federal funds to help restart and rebuild you know, entrepreneurship in, in your communities. Upcoming next month, super excited about on that topic, really, Del Gines, great friend of mine. We worked together for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. He's an absolute expert on entrepreneurship and fragile communities. He's our guest on the 28th. Uh, Margaret Rissi, who many know, Margaret is going to share some of her wisdom on August 25th. Um, have had a number of requests from coaches on, on being on this show. And unless your name is Dr. Sangeeta Bottle, you have to kind of go through a process which is, you know, share your impact, share the power of your of your programming as as a, a, a kind of a precursor because we'd love to showcase you, but we want to, you know, focus it and make the best use of everybody's time. So with that, 
I get the privilege of introducing our special guest and her uh, partner, our partner, Cheryl Fernandez. But Sangita is a uh, Wall Street Journal bestselling author. Uh, she's got that a bumper sticker on her car. So if, you, if you're ever driving around Omaha and you see Wall Street Journal you know, bestseller, you'll know it's Sangita, which I think is pretty cool. I don't know where she got that. But um, I've seen her go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best and most uh, uh, schooled researchers and, and economists and academics, and she always wins. Whether if, if they're wrong and she's right, she wins. Sometimes there are some out there that are close to right. So it's been fun to watch. She's absolutely my best friend at work. Sangeeta, this is your show. And uh, <clears throat> Jim and I are going to kind of fade off into the sunset. You and Cheryl get to take us through some very exciting research that we've talked about now with this group for a couple months. Here it is. We kept our promise. We're going to focus on team research today, I believe. Dr. Bottle, you're up. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you can hear me well. Um, it is always a pleasure coming uh, to these events. And this is an amazing opportunity for me to interact with our practitioners, people who make use of uh, what we cook up in the lab or um, are thinking about. Uh, this one specifically is really, really close to our hearts because um, you participated and made it happen. Uh, you went out to the businesses that you work with, you identified the teams that could be part of this research effort. And what we are going to share here today is the result of that effort uh, by all of you who participated in this, uh, which resulted in about 60 executive teams from the businesses that uh, all of our coaches are working in. Um, before, uh, as Jim is setting up our um, our presentation, I just want to introduce you to Dr. Cheryl Fernandez. She uh, is a colleague of mine. Our offices are literally two doors apart. We have worked together on uh, multiple projects. Um, her PhD uh, focused on team dynamics um, and team functioning uh, and the impact of that on company or team group outcomes. Um, so you can see that for this particular research, I was reaching out to our best expert at Gallup, uh, who has amazing amount of experience working with teams. And uh, together, between my little understanding of entrepreneurship and her understanding of how teams function, we have put together what we are going to present today. So welcome, Cheryl, and thank you for being my partner on this research. Um, let's begin. Uh, first of all, of course, we are looking at team talent and performance, uh, very specifically business performance, because that's the outcome we hold ourselves accountable to. Our main research question was, does diversity of entrepreneurial talent on a team affect company performance? Now, there are lots of different types of diversities, and we are looking at all of them. So, of course, we all know of the more, more most visible uh, kind, which is the demographic diversity, whether it is based on gender or racial composition of a team. Um, then there is the functional diversity of what are the roles that different individuals play on a team, uh, what kind of functions do they perform on a team, or it could also be uh, what type of job that the uh, individual is engaged in. So that would be the, uh, or even the, the experience that different team members bring to the to the team. This all would fall under functional diversity. Today, what we are focused on is what I would call talent diversity, which is specifically looking at the personality aspect of different team members. Um, what do they bring together and individually to the team? Uh, and how does that impact company performance? So let's dive into it. Uh, this study, as I mentioned right in my opening remarks, is based on 60 small business teams. Uh, we had the executive team members of each team uh, uh, complete the or take the BP10 assessment as well as the team functioning assessment that we had put together. And I will talk about team functioning assessment uh, for those of you who may not be familiar with that in a minute. Um, the, the teams that we have are uh, representing about 15 different industries. So it is a pretty wide spread 
group of uh, companies that we have here um, uh, representing manufacturing, information services, professional, scientific and technical services, finance, retail, education, healthcare, and arts and recreation. These are the ones that I picked out because they had uh, five or more individuals from a data set of about 170 individual people who uh, picked these as the industries that they work in. Um, like I said before, we have a team functioning assessment that the team members completed, as well as we collected performance data, which is the percent revenue growth, as well as the overall performance of teams. And the overall, the revenue growth was um, where we asked them in the next last 12 months, uh, what has your revenue growth been? And the categories were less than 5% all the way to 15% or more. We had four different categories in that range. And for the team rating, we asked the team members, how would you rate the overall performance of your team on a five-point scale from uh, below average all the way to exceptional? So you will see some of the results uh, we focused on uh, revenue growth more, and here are the summary of the main findings. Number one, talent diversity is positively related to revenue growth. Role diversity, which is uh, whether you have rainmakers, uh, conductors, and experts uh, evenly uh, represented on your team, or at least have representation of the three roles, is positively related to revenue growth. Team functioning um, has a slight positive relationship to uh, revenue growth. Um, and talent diversity and role diversity needs to be managed very carefully to really get the maximum impact on team performance. Um, let's look at each of the elements of uh, these findings. Um, okay, so before that, just for those who may not be that familiar or did not participate in the in the research, um, I am going to talk about how did we operationalize the concepts that I just talked about. So talent diversity, of course, is measured by BP10. Each individual takes the BP10, gets a uh, uh, a reading on their talent across 10 different dimensions or uh, demands or what we also call themes. Uh, so how we measure talent diversity for this research is the number of high talent themes that were present at a team level. So say the team has five members, uh, how many together taken as a team, how many teams from BP10 were represented in the team at a high level. And the high talent is based on the theme score. So those of you who are familiar with CIR, that's where you get the, the theme score and you can um, identify the themes that are high talent. I would uh, recommend you taking high talent uh, where we uh, have a benchmark uh, above the benchmark of the uh, uh, top performing entrepreneurs. So anything above that is really high talent. Um, if you look at the number of themes that are represented at that high level in a team, that is what gives you the talent diversity. The score will range from zero to 10. Zero is where the team does not have any themes at the high talent level, and 10 where all 10 BP10 themes are represented at a high talent level for that particular te uh, team. The team functioning assessment is what Cheryl and I had put together um, and it is measured by 10 elements. The 10 are, are listed here. It goes all the way from being self-aware around your own strengths, knowing the, the ability of your team to uh, achieve certain goals, making sure you're aligned on the goals, um, how well the team works together is team effectiveness, interpersonal is the relationships between the team members, innovation is how focused the team is on bringing new things to the market, initiative is how quickly they react uh, to, the, to the business situation, psychological safety is about uh, ability of members to take risks without having any kind of negative impact of that risk taking within a team environment. Uh, team structure is uh, refers to um, the the clarity of the roles, etc., uh, on a team, and then customer is customer focused. So these are the ten elements we had identified through literature review and through the work that Cheryl has been doing on the teams um, for the last many years. Uh, we had a, an assessment that each team member took, and then the the average scores, the the mean scores for each of these um, 
uh, elements is what was used in the analysis. And then role diversity, um, as those of you who use BP10 pretty regularly know that we have three roles that we recommend um, for teams. Rainmaker, the more sales-focused role, the conductor, which is more the management role or making sure that everything is running smoothly in the in the business and, and you're delivering on your promises to customers. And the expert, which is much more focused on the proje uh, product or the service development. Now we use Bloor's index, which is a way to put together uh, the proportion of the three roles on a team. So whether you have one rainmaker and no other uh, roles, then that would mean that there is absolutely no diversity where you would have all three roles that would be full diversity. And there is uh, uh, the, the scale would be from zero to one based on the proportion of the three roles that are represented on the on the team. So those the, that's how we operationalize the concepts. Then looking at the results, um, we see that talent diversity leads to revenue growth. You can see the upward slope of this regression line. Um, it, it, it explains about three to four percent of the of the variance, um, and uh, it uh, is something that we uh, always had conceptualized that this is what we would see. But here we actually see. Um, that percent revenue growth increases as you see on the x-axis, the number of high talent teams in a team increases. So you go all the way from zero to 10 and you can see an upward slope of that. Um, the next one um, shows you the role diversity, which is related to revenue growth. Again, positive relationship, um, a regression line that tells you about 4% of the variance is, in, is explained by uh, the role, the diversity of role in a team, and uh, it steadily increases as the um, diversity index, which is on the x-axis, uh, increases. So there is, uh, as the diversity of the roles increases on a team, you will see positive outcomes from, from that particular diversity. And, and the third one is the team functioning, um, uh, which is those 10 elements we had measured. And uh, it does, of course, uh, uh, provide uh, positive benefit, but it is a modest effect. So irrespective of whether team functioning score is slightly lower or slightly higher, um, you see a pretty flat line with a very, very slight modest um, uh, slope. And, and that tells us that you will get some benefit out of it, but not until and unless you've accounted for the talent piece. Uh, Explaining these uh, a little bit more, uh, moving on to the, the next one, um, our uh, findings, as I said before, are pretty consistent with what we had expected to see, that there is a relationship between talent and performance as the number of high talent teams in a team increase, we will see steady increase in revenue growth. Um, however, uh, one of the things that we did see in the data is that uh, it needs to be managed really, really carefully. So the talent diversity, when you bring on high talent on a team, uh, it makes conceptual sense too. You've, you've really got to know how to manage that talent. Otherwise, it can lead to dissension in the team. You have high, strong uh, opinions. You have extreme talent. Um, each one uh, is affecting a specific area of the business or specific performance related to the business. Um, and uh, uh, that can lead to issues in terms of role clarity, who should be listened to, who leads the team, et cetera. And so uh, sometimes, uh, and this we've noticed in other research uh, also across Gallup on other projects that modest level of team member similarity actually appears to be beneficial for the, for the company. However, the similarity takes care of all the um, interpersonal pieces, but it doesn't give you the same lift in terms of the outcome as the diversity of talent does. So as the, the similarity of the team members decreases, you will see more talent, more uh, higher outcomes, uh, more innovation, uh, try, uh, being able to get new things into the market, being able to serve customers better. But you've got to be very careful about how that high talent is being um, uh, managed on the team. And, and we will talk about that in a little bit. Uh, role diversity, I'm moving on to the next one. Role diversity has a positive relationship 
to performance as I, I shared before, but it is not significant. So what that tells us, and I think we know the, the reason for this, one of the things in this particular data set was where role diversity is measured through the BP10. So that's how we assess an individual's um, uh, alignment with the role. However, that role is not the role that the individual is playing on the team currently, right? These are real teams. And uh, someone who comes across as Rainmaker on the BP10 might actually be playing a role that is a conductor or, a, or, a, or an expert, depending on the needs of the business, or depending on what he or she feels, this is what is uh, my strength that I, I bring to the to the team. In many cases, because these are very small teams um, with members anywhere from one to about maybe six or seven uh, member teams, a lot of times we notice in the data that the same individual is playing multiple roles. So the, the individual is playing the role of a rainmaker, but also is uh, developing the product and uh, looking after customer relationships and hiring people, etc. So multiple roles are being um, uh, uh, handled by the same individual. That probably is why we see a relationship, but it is not significant. So what we in in, in future research, as we are taking this forward, we would like to see uh, what happens when there is a clearer definition of the role and the individuals on the team are playing the role that the BP10 identifies as, or at least a closer role to what the BP10 identifies as their um, strong role. So there is, I think, a lot to parse in here um, uh, for why it is not significant, but at least the relationship is uh, in the positive direction as you had seen in a graph before. Moving on then to the team functioning, we see that elements of the team functioning that were most relevant to managing diversity are likely to be um, psychological safety where uh, team members think that they can take risks with their opinions, with their actions, without the consequences of, uh, without any negative consequences. So there is amazing amount of um, comfortableness uh, within the team members and trust within the team members to be able to uh, say and do things that they think are right for the for the company team structure. This is the one that we really want to uh, explore more as we get role clarity in the data, which we don't have right now. But team structure refers to what are the roles and responsibilities of each team member and are they very uh, clearly defined. The more clearly defined the roles are, the better the team structure uh, for that team is and the better the performance will be because then you have individuals who are not only playing to their strengths, but then are totally focused on taking care of specific outcomes that are related to their talents. Goal alignment is about the team has to get together to really identify where the company is headed. So if you have one individual, one executive talking about one thing or one goal and the other is talking about the other goal, then that leads to, especially you can have that with very high talent individuals who are really, really strong in not only their talent, but also their belief system. And that's where that goal alignment is, becomes critically important. Team effectiveness, is the team able to deliver? So that is uh, not only, um, uh, in terms of how well the team understands what has to be done, but also is aligned to that goal. So keeping the goal alignment in mind, how well are the tasks defined for the team so that the team can be fully effective in delivering on those, specifically if you tie that to the strengths of the individual or the, or the talents of the individual. And then, of course, interpersonal is um, about relationships. So the cleaner that relationship factor is, uh, the better it will be for uh, the team members to be able to affect those outcomes that the team is looking for. Uh, moving on, uh, so what do great teams have in common? The ones that were most successful and that had the highest revenue growth. These are the teams where the team members bring diversity of talents to the team. Uh, they also understand that each talent drives specific outcomes. So the more clear you as a coach can make that connection for the teams, the better it will be for the diversity to really start having that impact on the outcome, the business outcome. Uh, team members have very well-defined and specific roles on the team. So this is uh, one where if the data was clean on here is the role that the individual is playing and that aligns well with the 
the role that has been identified by BP10 as their strong role, that leads to uh, better or, or higher performance for, for the team. We don't have clean data on that. The sample size of where we could see that role fit was, was really low. So that's why you don't see um, uh, that included in some of our analysis. But this is this is where we are looking to grow this data set to make sure that we can uh, prove this. But as we have seen so far, uh, preliminary evidence shows that when team members have very well-defined roles, um, they do better in terms of the, uh, the team does better in terms of the outcome. Everyone on the team should understand and work towards a common goal. So that goes to that, not only the goal alignment, but also the team effectiveness where um, team members need to understand what is the goal of the, the team and then what are the tasks that we have to do to achieve that goal so that they can all work towards a common goal. Um, and the, uh, the last one is that it is important as a coach for you to make sure that team members know each other's talents and then they plan and strategize and analyze direct their actions based on that knowledge of which one of us does what well and how do we leverage that to drive the business outcomes that we are um, after they should be able to see that clear connection between the talent and the outcome uh, so when it comes to managing and coaching diverse teams uh, of course, goes without saying, you know, create your strategies based on what is on the ground. What is the culture like? What are the needs? What are the current goals? What is the current state of the team? And then bring in these findings that we have about role definition, about having those uh, representation of the top talents, uh, about making sure that some aspects of that team functioning that are really highly relevant to the, the outcomes uh, are incorporated into your strategies as you are working with these teams. Um, ensure every team has all 10 talents represented. If they don't, figure out the strategies of filling those go those uh, gaps, uh, whether it is outside members, whether it is advisors and mentors, whether it is someone in the community, um, in, some, in the network of these executives, um, figure out what that strategy should be. But the, it is really important to have all 10 talents represented at a high level. Ensure that team members understand their own talents and talents of the other. So it's the self-awareness piece is important, but it is uh, even more important to make sure they understand each other's talents so that that interpersonal piece can be ironed out. Remember what I said, we, we are looking at the data and seeing that if high talent is not managed well, then it can lead to more dissension in the team. So to that, make sure that um, each person understands their talents and talents of the others. Uh, use individual top talents to set meaningful goals and clarify expectations for the entire team. Um, it is important to make that connection between uh, the, the talents and the goals that have to be accomplished and then break that down into tasks that each one has to do according to their talents so that they can then uh, move towards uh, towards fulfilling that role uh, uh, or, or that goal. Develop an understanding of how team members' talents connect to the roles they play. Um, intentionally structure activities to maximize each person's use of their top talents. Um, the high talents would be the first place where you should start. But if the, if you are working with a team where uh, the presence of high talents is, is less, go back to the top four report and pick any one of those top four because that gives you the best uh, ability to uh, structure the, the team performance in a way that would drive those outcomes. So maximize each person's top talents. If it's at a high level, great. If it's not, you still use their top top four. Uh, build support systems and appropriate workarounds for gaps in talent. Um, if there's a team that only has five at a high level, make sure the other five are represented because these are like tasks uh, in the uh, in running that business that have to be done, the demands of the role, as we used to call them long, long, long ago. Um, and, and finally, uh, uh, just some limitations and directions for future research. Uh, this, of course, was our first analysis of team talent, entrepreneurial talent composition. 
based on 60 executive teams. Um, I, we do feel the sample is slightly limited. Uh, however, we have findings that are generalizable. Um, as the diversity of talent increases, performance is better. Uh, there is moderate level of team functioning effect on the team, and it's beneficial. Uh, but this correlation isn't large, and uh, it's positive, but not large. Um, uh, and as role diversity increases, performance is higher, but we still have to do a little bit more work to really understand uh, that relationship. Um, so we want to expand the number and types of organizations uh, that we study, and uh, we want to make sure that we incorporate other types of team diversity that I talked about right at the beginning, whether that is demographic diversity, whether that is uh, uh, functional and cognitive diversity. So if what would happen if we would combine all these? And we are looking at all that right now, and hopefully in the, in the near future, we can share more around that with you. Uh, but that's uh, that's all that uh, um, I have to share at this point. I wouldn't say that's all. I think that's a lot. <laughs> it's do you, do you think, Sangeeta, and I'm not sure if you can answer this based on your data or just based on your expertise, and Cheryl, this would go for you too, but do teams have blind spots? Do they Do they understand their gaps? I, maybe it's a rhetorical question because I think the answer is probably no, at least as a blind spots defined by you can't see it. Yeah. Um, what talk to me a little bit about that? Um, I think uh, blind spots, uh, as you rightly said, are blind. A uh, lot of teams are so busy taking care of the day-to-day -day running of the business and all the things that have to be done to do that that it's it's rare that they actually sit down and assess who amongst us actually has the ability to deliver on a specific goal or a task that has to be done. Um, and so for them to sit down with a coach, for them to go through this exercise of identifying how many high talents we have in a team and, and where are those gaps. And then in our network or in even our immediate and extended network, where are those ties that we can leverage to really uh, fulfill some of those gaps? I think that is how then you close that that uh, blind spot and and make sure that that you know what all needs to be um, handled and how what is the best way to do it yeah. instead of pushing people to do th things that they either are not fit for or cannot deliver on you, you've got to understand how do you leverage the right people for the right thing so that you're I, I think what uh, yeah I think what Sangeeta is saying is um, to be more proactive than reactive. Mm -hmm. Teams don't know what they don't know, right? And so yeah. when they they're used to doing something or accomplishing their goals in a certain way, but when they come up against obstacles, that's when they realize, oh, I need to work around and do this, but we don't typically do this. Turns out, if they have done all the legwork, like you explained, Sangeeta, they would know this person can handle this so we don't have to stop doing what we normally do let this person handle it and we move on so be more proactive than reactive when you encounter something and you need to figure it out great hmm. point hmm. sangeeta when you were going through the growth model uh margaret asked are we able to combine these three elements together to get a composite regression yes and we are uh, we've looked at that um the when we combine these uh uh, what what you saw were the regression lines individually, but even if you combine them, there is a significant relationship between the talents and the uh, performance, a significant relationship between the um, team functioning uh, elements and uh, performance. Uh, the, the interaction of both these in terms of how do they work together is that if you have high talent, uh, you better know how to manage those well. Otherwise, high talent with low team effectiveness can cause uh, less uh, impact on, on the performance. So the performance drops down if you have lots of high talent uh, on, on team, uh, more or closer to like seven or above on, on a team, but you don't have high team functioning pieces that can moderate the effect of uh, talent on the outcomes. Jeff asks, after coaching these teams, was there a measured improvements of each person's performance in their roles? 
So that's uh, what we look to you towards as we continue to collect data. Um, I would strongly encourage you to continue, those of you who gave us these 60 teams, to continue to be a, a partner in this research because as we share those reports back with you, we want to know what you did with those reports. We want to know uh, how did the coaching go. And then in the when we measure six months later, so we've done now one the second measurement uh, recently, uh, when and the reports went out, I think in May, uh, when we have the next one in October, that's how we measure change over time. So Jeff, uh, we would love to continue to look at the data and report out at the end of two years or even after a few waves uh, because we are measuring every six months of what that change looks like. But we need to hear that from you if, if the change has been made based on your coaching. Eric asks, team of three, overall 73, 78, 58. Would this be an initial area of concern with the partnership difference in overall talent score? Well, it, it, I'm assuming these are overall BP10 talent scores. So you definitely have two super talented um, team members and one that is slightly on the lesser side. I think what you need to focus on instead of the overall score is the the scores of each of the 10 teams and how many of the 10 teams are represented in, in the team. So look at um, the 58 person could also have a few teams that are at a high level. Um, so if you put that together in a chart, that tells you the diversity of, of talent. I hope that helps or ask me another one. And maybe a, maybe a follow-up question there yeah, as well. Yeah, ask me a follow-up if that's not clear. Asim asks, uh, how does a talent mix impact on interpersonal relationships in a team structure? Is there any indication in the data? So the talent mix, um, as I had said before, if, the, uh, if you have high talented team, which means that you have larger number of teams that are at a high talent level, and if you do not manage the interpersonal well, so if your scores on the interpersonal are low on uh, on the team side, then um, it impacts the performance of the team. Uh, you've got to understand, you, the team has to manage that high talent in a way that is fully functional for them. Otherwise, it can start to look dysfunctional if that is not managed right. And I think that's where the role of the coach is really important. I, th I think Jeff says that pretty well. He says you need a good team coach, CEO, manager that can get the team to work best for performance, team chemistry, great team talent with poor teamwork doesn't always win, even in business. Would you add? Would either of you add anything to that? I agree with that, mm -hmm. Cheryl. Oh, totally. It has to be a, a good blend of both, for sure. Uh, Andrea asked, does the research look at the experience level of the orgs teams? Is there a difference between startup organizations versus those with prior experience building a business? So um, really good question. We did have an indicator of how many team members uh, had built two or more teams. So we use that as an indicator of experience. And when you do have uh, more experienced members on the team, uh, the the performance is slightly better, but not more than what you would get if you had high talent uh, also with the experience on the team. So uh, you you cannot just say that if I have team members who have two or more who have started businesses before, um, that is all I need to 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 drive performance. That will help a lot because of course they have that experience, but you still need high talent plus experience and then you would get better. We didn't have enough startups in this sample. Uh, majority of the businesses uh, were older businesses. And so um, it would be wonderful to study some of those and see if there is a difference in terms of how talent plays out in startup teams versus in uh, more mature teams. Cheryl, would you add anything to that? No, I think, I think she covered it. Okay. And then Carol asked, was there any size requirement for the organization studied? Uh, the only size requirement was that they had to have employees uh, because we were looking at uh, employer businesses and all, uh, sorry, also employees, but uh, executive team members, they, it can't be a solopreneur who's running the business. You had to have uh, team members, at least two or more uh, 
that were part of the executive team. Uh, let's see, hold on, wrong one. Margaret asks, is it possible to share one of the team element reports for one of the teams? I have one that was uh, that is redacted. I don't know that people understand what they look like or what this looks like. Uh, yeah, uh, we do have the team uh, functioning report. Um, and uh, Jim, if I send it to you, would that? Uh, uh, probably better if, if uh, to get it through Todd and he can, if, if you guys are going to share that out via the community, probably better through Todd. Okay, so let's do yeah. that then. Um, we can share a template of what the team functioning report looks like. Um, it has those 10 elements. Now in our revision, because when we looked at this data, we have reduced the elements to nine. So we, we got rid of the self-awareness. It wasn't really showing that linkage to outcomes that we were looking for. And so um, there are nine elements in the new team, but also there is tracking in the new team. So because we did the second wave of the team functioning survey, we can see the change in those scores now. And that's why I would request our coaches to please continue to participate in this research because if, <clears throat> if you don't give us the, the data, if we don't get that, then there isn't research that's happening. So if anybody wants that, like we've done in previous calls, send me an email. You don't have to write a long note, but Todd underscore Johnson at gallup.com and say in the title line, team functioning report and have a nice day. And uh, that's all you have to do. And within the next 24 hours, Sangeeta, you'll give it to me and I'll put it out. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, Jeff asked a great question. Cool. There's like 300 emails just came across. Oh, look at that. Um, it, it'll be 500 it. here in a minute. Jeff it. asks a great question with the CIR showing role mix. Have people been encouraged to change roles yet? I think that's interesting. Great question. So the answer of that has to, uh, has to come from you. We can, uh, measure that in the survey. Um, I would strongly encourage all of you to have your teams participate in this research. And we want to know what changes you are bringing as a result of your coaching to that team. Um, are members shifting roles? If they are shifting roles, what are the new roles that they've taken? We, of course, will have data from the older survey to say what was their original role? What was the role uh, that BP10 uh, identified for them? And then looking at the differences between um, the assigned role versus the actual role versus the role after the coaching. That's how uh, we will be able to pass out these questions. Seem asks another question. He says, while coaching leaders and teams on BP10 assessment, are there are these different reports, uh, will they be a part of a standard deck or do we have to ask for them specifically through email? Uh, coaching leaders and teams and BP10, are these different reports? Yes, so the Teams report and BP10 are different reports, uh, two completely different assessments. Um, and uh, we had shared the link of the team functioning survey uh, with the coaches that participated in our research. Um, those of you who are interested to join that research cohort, uh, we can forward you that. Um, it is not open right now. The team functioning piece is not open right now, but we would encourage you to have your teams take the BP10, of course, and then continue to at least conceptually work on the issues that we are talking about. So when Todd shares the report with you, there is a definition of what those elements of team functioning are that drive outcomes. And so use those in your coaching, have them take the BP10, and then when the next round comes around and we send out this big blast of the research project now is on and team functioning survey is live, that's when you can have your teams take the team survey. Hope that helps. I think so. Let's see if there's any other, some really great questions. Todd, anything else? Um, I'm, I'm amazed at how, how uh, what, what would be the word? I've received no less than 30 emails and all but one said, have a nice day. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull out that person. But, wow. Does this group, BP 10 nation follows instructions beautifully. Yeah. Well, and, and they are asking some great questions. I mean, I'm, I'm really impressed with the quality of the questions that's coming from this, this group today. The team piece is so critical. I, I, I don't do the coaching to the depth of certainly our practitioners on the call and Cheryl and Sangita, but, I found over the many years the the and maybe this is what you call psychological safety, but you can alleviate conflict. You can 
by by celebrating and accepting that people are coming with a different filter and a different talent set to a given issue, you know, you've all have heard me tell the huddle story, but you know, Huddle was in our very first entrepreneurial EAS system in Nebraska 10 years ago. And David Graff, their founder, and Sangeeta, you and I have him on a video saying, when we learned about our strengths, we quit fighting as much. And it yeah. sounds so sophomoric, but they went on and built a couple hundred million dollar business and they're still growing. And everybody claims a little piece of Huddle, at least around Nebraska. But um, the power of recognizing that people are going to come at issues and, and problems and opportunities with a different vantage point, you know, uh, and giving the safety of acceptance and, and objectivity that BP10 brings, God, that's really important. You know, I do some of this in the prison work and their teams. And sometimes I put them on teams because they're sellies they're, they're They don't want to be on that team, but they've got to get through an issue. It's the, you know, they are teams in a sense, they've got to get through their time and um, God, the conflict just goes down when they can recognize that they're coming at life differently uh, through a different filter and they're not doing it just to make me make you mad. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that conflict uh, dilution occurs under if that's what you call psychological safety, but it's really important. Yeah. If teams could quit fighting as much and focus more on their customers, they might grow a little more. Mm -hmm. That's my and the, hypothesis. And the lower to prove that the lower talent, if you have lower talent, I think having that similarity and and avoiding that conflict is easier. But as the talent level increases in the team, that absolutely becomes critical to manage it. Um, you can't have high talented people in a team and not be aware of each other's point of view when Francis Todd was talking about, because that would definitely lead to conflict in the team. Yeah. So that's where the coach and the mentor role is critically important when you have teams with high talent. One, I, need uh, to, I need to shout out to Maravik. Oh. He, it's two o'clock in the morning in the Philippines and he's on this call. So Anybody who's over here in the central time zone that, that couldn't get on the call, shame on them because <laughs> that's dedication. Get some sleep, Maravik. It's it's late. Nothing, nothing like a little early. public shaming to get people to come out in the <laughs> in the right time zone. Uh, one more question uh, from Asimi Asher. Are we planning to make any BP10 reports more detailed in the future, maybe incorporating some additional insights? Anyone? Anyone? Yes. Uh, I mean, we, no. we would oh, love to. Okay. Todd, go for it. There, there, if you want deeper in a seam, I think knows this, but there are much more detailed descriptions of the talents within the self schema report, uh, the self schema activity on the website and, you know, all the different activities on the born to build website. Um, but we purposely wanted the report to be streamlined. There are videos in support on the YouTube channels. There's obviously the CIR world, which is you know a heavily detailed intensity report. But in terms of changing the actual BP10 report, there are no plans for that. Okay. There are additional resources out there. There's a book also that has uh, at the back of it, uh, longer descriptions of each talent. Right. Yeah. Is that the selling book? The point I mean, to build. Yeah, that's book. not self-serving at all. But the uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. If you uh, head out to gallup.com/builder as well, we that's some folks have not come back since we migrated the site onto gallup.com. So that may be one to check out. We've put a bunch of resources out there, uh, including some awesome videos. That's not self-serving at all because I made those and uh, we like make those available for you. Gallup.com/builder. Uh, Cheryl, you get to critique Todd and Sangita. How do we do? How do we do today? I, I think you guys did great. Uh, this is, I think, my second time on one of these calls. And I always learn more. Um, like Sangeeta mentioned, I know the team side, but I learn so much about different kinds of teams when I get on these calls. So thank you for that. Yeah. Anything, Cheryl, anything we missed or anything you want to add before we kind of close it up? No, I, okay. I, I think we did. Great. Sangeeta, any final thoughts as we uh, as we kind of wrap it? I would just uh, pitch for our ongoing research. Uh, as I said right in the beginning, 60 teams wouldn't have been possible without your help. And please, please, please continue to participate. I know how 
busy everybody's life is. And I know how difficult it becomes to keep track of all these asks. But when we send out an email with the information on the team survey, um, please do fill that up. Uh, make your teams do that because the data that we provide back to you could really be helpful in your consulting. And then we want to learn from it. We want you to give us back that information so that we can come back again and talk about those the tracking the changes and what happened when the role changed and what happens when there's different kinds of diversity, et cetera. All those questions for future research wouldn't be possible without your help. Todd, any Great thoughts? Sangeeta, Cheryl, uh, obviously, as I think I hope I always start and end each call with thanking the, the coaches. We exist because of you and for you. You're the practitioners of the science that Sangeeta and her team and Cheryl uh, spend I think you called it a laboratory that earlier. Uh, we'd love to be able to say yes to every request we get. And some on the call know what I'm talking about, but we can't. And But it doesn't mean we won't stop trying. We'll never stop trying. It's an absolute journey. And uh, again, I, I wouldn't wish this pandemic on anybody ever, but I do think it presents an opportunity for everyone on this call uh, to lean in hard on on talent. You know, we, we've got research that shows when you get your talent gathered up, your engagement and resiliency goes up. And God, that's pretty important when your economy is in shambles. So, you know, this is, I, I'm going to sound terrible by saying it, it's now, it's more important than ever to uh, to bring this builder science to our, our companies, our teams, our communities, our countries. And, um, Jim, thanks for convening us on such a regular basis. You're a real pro. I know you were nervous before today's call, and you did great. Thank no you. reason to be nervous. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, look forward to uh, seeing everybody next month. And I've got a bunch of Zoomy calls with a lot of you coming up this week and next week. So we'll Zoomy with you then. And I'm out. Okay, a couple of reminders before you go. Gallup.com slash builder for all the resources that are available. If you have any questions, you can always email us, coaching at gallup.com. If you want to follow these live, Todd's talking about the next Builder Talent Tuesday that's coming up. If you want to know when it is, register for it so you get the email reminders, all that good stuff. Head out to gallup.eventbrite.com and a great way to actually see all the programs that we have going on. Um, as well. If you want to jump in the Facebook group, there is a Facebook group uh, with this. If you go to facebook.com slash groups slash builder profile 10, I think is the name of that. I need to look that up and put it in the notes, but we are available in Facebook and we'd love to have you jump in that group as well. I want to thank you for joining us today. We will not do a post show, but uh, we thank you for coming out. We'll see you guys either next month or on Friday as we have Southwest Airlines on uh, to talk a little bit about what they're doing in their community. So going from entrepreneurs to big organizations. We'll see you guys on Friday. Take care.